Hey, it's a more Sports Now special edition podcast. It's Steve Titchener and John McAlevey in Jersey. And we have Matt Lachlan out in Detroit. We like to give our take on all our major sporting events. And since they are warming up the duck boats in Boston today, let's talk about the World Series. This is just an amazing run by the Red Sox. I mean, they lose game two to the Yankees. Sox go and blow them out in the Bronx. Uh, they split with the Astros at Fenway and then thinking, okay, they're in, they're in trouble again. No problem. They go down to Houston and smoke the Astros in Houston. Then they go out to L.A., two up, drop an 18-inning um, unbelievable game. And then they're down 4 nothing in the seventh inning in game four. You're thinking, okay, they're in trouble again. The Dodgers got all the momentum. They score nine runs in three innings. They take that game. They take the decider the following day. And it's just a really um, just a convincing, convincing postseason by the Red Sox. And that's four, four World Series in 15 years. Does that make a dynasty? Or how do you, how do you define a dynasty, Matt? Yeah, I would say that it comes – as close as you can. I mean, you think of a dynasty uh, uh, as a team like the Yankees of the 90s that won them in a short span of time. But with turnover of personnel and the parity in the game, perhaps this would approach it. But I don't know that it's a true dynasty. You think of having the same players over and over again, at least a good core of those players. So I think that that's what's probably missing from this. Yeah, so John, I mean, you know, the Red Sox lately have not been very good in the playoffs. And you're thinking, okay, 108 wins, but wait a minute. We've seen the Red Sox recently in the playoffs. Clearly, Cora just had a different direction for this team. It was a different team. But were you surprised at how how good the Red Sox were? I really was. And, you know, we we always hear the the saying in sports that you just got to be hot at the right time. You know, maybe you're coming down the stretch, you're not playing all that well, but something clicks in. Matt knows this. He's been around Stanley Cup winning teams, and, and you know, maybe you're not all clicking on all cylinders at all times, but something happens. And listen, the big MO with the Red Sox was they have a phenomenal lineup, good starting pitching, but their bullpen stinks. Well, their bullpen was unbelievable in the playoffs. Guys like Joe Kelly and Ryan Brazier. Guys like that, uh, and they just couldn't they couldn't give up any hits. I mean, they didn't walk anybody. They were lights out the whole time. David Price, who's been much maligned his whole career, great starting pitcher, great regular season pitcher, and he's a bum in the playoffs. He was terrific. He won three games, two clinchers. So it was it was something that I don't know what Cora was able to find uh, in spring training to galvanize this team, but. Something happened when the playoffs came around, and I don't know whether he could take credit for that, but the team just clicked, and there was no looking back. And they were, as you said, Johnny, I mean, they were the best team right from start to finish. They had one of the best records in baseball uh, history. Uh, they destroyed opposition with an, an incredibly potent offense. And, yeah, I mean, they had moments when maybe they gave the Yankees a, a brief glimpse of hope, but really it was the Boston Red Sox from start to finish, and they went out and spent a lot of money. I mean, give Cora credit. You know, most managers, uh, coaches, they have egos the size of the room they're sitting in, and, you know, they love the praise, and they can't really deal with the criticism, but Cora said after it, hey, let's be honest, it starts with talent, and he credited ownership with spending the money and getting the right talent, and they have the right talent. You can lose with talent, but it's awfully hard to win without it. 
and he at least acknowledged the fact that he had pretty good offense, pretty good lineup that he could put out there every day. And, you know, in the end, David Price paid off despite <laughs> some concerns from Boston fans about the size of that deal. So I don't know if all fans yeah. are off on that. I mean, he may still have to prove himself next year, but when you win a championship, that certainly helps. And Matt, you yeah. like the Dodgers in seven, maybe because you're a National League fan. Uh, where did they come up short? What was supposed to work for them that didn't? I think that maybe their reliance on analytics, well, first off, Boston was a great team. And I think that I I did pick the Dodgers in seven, uh, mostly because I didn't see them able to beat Boston in a short series. So I thought, all right, let's see if they can perhaps stick with them, get the pitching they need, take advantage of the fact that that they would not have to deal with the DH, and so Boston's lineup would have to be adjusted when the game shifted to Los Angeles. And, you know, yes, I'm a National League guy, so I kind of threw my support behind the Dodgers. That being said, I I think that they were beaten by a team with far more talent. And I think beyond that, I think both teams rely an awful lot on analytics. But Cora was allowed to use his gut, it seemed, a little bit more, or went with his gut a little bit more than Dave Roberts did. And I point no more... uh, no more convincing effort than, than what happened with Rich Hill. There is no way. I do not care. In May, that is the right move, perhaps, because the guys with the pocket protectors are telling you that, on average, this is what happens if you keep Rich Hill in the ball game, and we might lose that game. And over 162 games, the percentages will shade our way if you follow this formula. That might work out in the regular mm-hmm. season and a game in May. Not when he's dominating. I'm sorry. There is no way you can take him out. He is dominating that lineup. They're about to win another game. Put a ton of heat on Boston. And instead, he screwed up by going to the bullpen because that's what the book called. Dave Roberts has played this game. I understand who he's employed by. The Dodgers definitely use the analytics more than most teams. I mean, the Red Sox are right there. But you've got to be able to see what's going on here. And Rich Hill was having one of the games of his life. Oh, and you man. cannot yeah. take him out. Matt, so I, I, think that, I think that was some of it. I think that Roberts was somewhat of an automaton in terms of how the analytics told him to play things out. And I think Alex Cora had a little passion. And it's human beings that still play this game. And until robots do, heart and soul and passion is still going to matter. Maybe not in the long run. But that's why guys like Kirk Gibson are able to muster a little bit of energy and last will and hit the ball out of the ballpark in a critical time. That just happens with the human spirit, and the Dodgers were not allowed to use it. That was a one hit for Hill there going into the seventh. Uh, I know it was the sixth inning where Roberts pulled him. I, I was surprised by that. John, were you surprised? I totally agree with you, man. Yes, I was surprised that he pulled him for another left-hander. I mean, he had the left-hander on the mound who, as Matt said, was just chewing up Boston's bats. I mean, they were walking back to the dugout, shaking their head, because he doesn't overpower you. He's like, maybe hits 90-91 on the gun, but he throws up that Frisbee slider and that curveball, and he's just a big guy. He hides the ball. They could do nothing to him. He pulls him for the lefty who walks the next batter on four pitches, and then from there it was Katie Barzador. The floodgates, man. Wow, it's a pretty, right? pretty amazing run. So was Cora the difference, John? Let me tell you, I was sitting there watching these games, and you and I were texting back and forth Uh often, scratching our heads at just what the heck is this guy doing? I mean, talk about managing from the, from, you know, your gut. He just was bringing starters in in the fifth inning and 
getting guys started and, you know, they were warming up in the pen the day before, using up some bullets and, and Kimbrell's throwing 30 pitches on back-to-back days. He hasn't done that maybe in 10 years. <laughs> and Nathan Evaldi on two, uh, two Tommy John surgeries, throws 97 pitches one day. Two days earlier in, in Boston, he's, he's pitching six innings. And, I mean, just amazing stuff and bringing guys in. And, and how about his picking guys off the bench to pinch hit who come in. Moreland hits a bomb. Uh, Nooney hits a home run, Eduardo Nunez in game one. He just, seat of his pants, I think a lot of it got, and it worked. If it didn't work, then we'd be saying that he was mm-hmm. the goon and he should have gone more yeah. with analytics. It just happened to work, and that's that's yeah. the beauty of sports. And the Red Sox are world champions. They are warming up the duck boats, as I said, today on Halloween. So uh, congratulations to the Red Sox, and that'll do it for our special edition on moresportsnow.com, where we cover these big sporting events. We have Matt out in Detroit. We got John back here in uh, New Providence, me in the studio in Jersey, and we will catch you all for the next big uh, sporting event, and we'll cover it here on moresportsnow.com. Bye-bye.